Hello friends, I'm back. My name is Dave and I'm a book reader. We are reading book Tell Me a Story edited by Ravinder Singh. Uh, we are reading story A Daughter's First Flight by Vijay Kumar. Let's start it. If you are at an airport and see a passenger fumbling with either multiple children or many bags or both, don't smirk and be sarcastic. Take it from me. The passenger could wind up in the seat next to you. The longer the flight, the greater the chance of this happening. Here is my flight story. I boarded a flight after spending four days in the biting cold of Delhi. I settled down in my seat, removed my shoes and switched on my Kindle. My toes felt free and began to breathe again. Sighing deeply, I rested my head on the window pane and looked outside. The fog was descending on the city. The flight was full. It was time to get out of the winter and go home. The pilot announced, we are waiting for one more passenger. Then we will be on our way to Mumbai. After his announcement ended, a lone figure appeared at the front end of the airplane. A haired girl with a small suitcase and two bags hanging from either side of her thin body. She clutched her mobile phone in her left hand. Her shawl kept slipping off her shoulder. She walked in completely unaware of 120 impatient pairs of eyes staring at her. God is my witness, I muttered her. Look, and behold, the steward guided her to the empty seat next to me. The passengers on the aisle and window seat always silently wish that the middle seat remains unoccupied so that it can be used as a side table to dump books, phones and so on. But we were not so lucky. She took forever to settle down in her seat. She put her carry-on and shopping bag on her lap and looked for the seatbelt. It was getting annoyed as she occupied all the space and her stuff spilled over to my side. Her last minute shopping must have delayed her, I thought. You are sitting on your seatbelt, I said. Oh, I am sorry. She got up holding all her stuff in both her hands. I retrieved her seat belt. She fumbled with the belt but could not get it right. She was flying for the first time. I fastened her, fastened her seat belt and noticed she clutched an additional boarding pass in hand. Where are you going? I asked. Tiruchupalli. Tiruchupalli, she said, looking at me. Her narrow eyes behind her glasses or moist and red. What time is that flight? She took. She looked at her boarding pass 5.35 in the morning. Will there be a place at Mumbai airport to charge my mobile phone? Yes, of course. Don't worry, you have six hours to kill. Enough time to charge your mobile phone, I smiled. She could have taken a direct flight from Delhi to Tiruchi. She could have easily avoided spending six sleepless hours at Mumbai airport. She was really clueless. Thank you. She did not catch the 
Sarstam in my voice, I ended the conversation and returned to my reading. Soon I could hear sobs. She had covered her face with her hands and her body was shaking. She was crying. What is wrong? I asked. Emergency. My father is in hospital very critical. She removed her hands and looked at me. Teary eyes. Oh dear. Suddenly the fumbling and clumsy young woman disappeared and a little sad and vulnerable girl tugged at me. A complete stranger. Such was her helplessness. Uh, I am so, so sorry. This is really sad, but don't worry. He will be alright. I let her cry. Her sadness and fear were personal. While she cried, I looked at the tiny lights on the ground outside of the window. We were gaining altitude as the craft made a turn and found its course. Sadness turns stranger into friends. For the next hour, she told me her story. Her name was Lisa. She lived in Tiruchupalli with her older sister, mother and father. Her family had a history of lung disease. In her words, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. She was a nurse and worked in one of the hospitals in Delhi. She had been looked forward, looking forward to her first break to visit her family during the Easter holidays. She had brought a new shirt for her father last Sunday. Lisa was the baby of the family and her father missed her a lot. He would call her up several times a day. Her father would have his lunch and call her to check if she had hers. He would do the same after tea and dinner as well. I noticed a sad smile on her face when she talked about her father. This afternoon, I received a call on my mobile phone and saw Daddy calling on the screen. I took the call and said, Daddy, I had lunch. Lisa recalled, but the voice was her neighbor's and her father was not well. He was waiting for the ambulance to take him to the hospital. Lisa narrated the sequence of the day's events. My mother had gone to the market and my father was alone in the house. She cried. Again, I gently touched the back of her hand with my fingertips. Why didn't you consider working in your hometown? I asked. Hospitals in my town don't pay well. I came to Delhi six months ago to earn money so that I could pay for my father's treatment. I noticed that she kept taking her mobile phone out of her purse to check if there were any messages from home. She did not know that mobile phones do not work at 35,000 feet above the ground. I do not feel like telling her this fact. Fact sometimes damage hope. The air hostess came by with the food trolley and parked it next to our seat. Lisa declined the supper, but I was hungry. I ate quickly and asked the air hostess for some hot water in my cup. I added sugar and slipped the tea back in it. I gently forced Lisa to have the tea. She held the cup in both her hands and looked at me. Are you a father? She wanted to know if I was Catholic like her and if I was a priest. I said I was not, but taking the absorption from one Peter, I said you could say I am a pastor. 
It was a per- perfect after-dinner conversation. The passenger in front of me had reclined his seat and almost put his head on my lap. The cabin lights were turned off. The plane began to descend to Mumbai. I loved to take a night flight to Mumbai. From above, from above, the city looks like a gorgeously lit up planet. The plane landed, taxied, and parked. I grabbed her suitcase while she carried the shopping bag. Checked in, so we waited for it. When you are not in a hurry, your bag will arrive in the first slot. My bag was first to come. I snatched it off the carousel and looked for Lisa. She was standing near a pillar. Amidst her bags, talking on phone and crying, she had cut her mouth. This cry was different. Instantly, I knew. I stood next to her, watching her cry. She looked at me and shook her head. Every relationship, whether it is 11 minutes long or 7 years old, creates in its own language with words, looks, gesture, and half-finished sentences. Lisa, I am so sorry. It's really very tragic. I said I offered to take her home and bring her back on time to catch her flight. She said she was fine and would wait at the airport. I looked for the airline staff to check if there were any flights earlier that she could take. There were none. I talked with two women staff members and shared Lisa's situation. They offered to take her to the departure lounge, though a side door meant only for the employees. I went back to Lisa and gave my phone number, just in case she needed any help. I asked if I could pray for her. She nodded her head out of politeness. I prayed and when I opened my eyes, I saw two women staff members standing with us with their eyes closed. They escorted Lisa to the door. As she walked away, I noticed her shopping bag. It was well-known men's clothing brand. Her father needed a new shirt. People were coming to see him. Thank you.